partly why we're here is we've had many opportunities this last year to stop and say, no, we're going to do something different. We're not going to just react. We're going to choose to respond in a way that we want and the way that we feel called to and gifted for. Welcome back to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. My name is Mike Flynn, and I am honored to be your host. Our mission here on the Impact Entrepreneur Show is not just to inspire you, but also to help you tap into and begin to believe in your God-given potential and purpose. That's right, baby. We want you to not only be inspired, but experience breakthrough. And we do that on this podcast by interviewing incredible people who are using their experiences, their skill set, their platforms to have a game-changing impact in the lives of others. And here's the thing. None of these folks are simply sitting back, living a life of leisure. They have things to do, places to go, and lives to impact. Speaking of that, tonight is another special episode. It has been just around one year since I had my beautiful bride, Lisa, on the show in 2018. And that show ended up being one of the most popular episodes of the entire year. And uh, we re-aired it at the end of the year as an encore. And um, she is back by popular request. Um, So we're going to start things out. We, we tonight instead of her having a cold and me having a bourbon, we both have a bourbon. So we're gonna begin things with our traditional toast that we share with each other, which is to us, to us, and to all of our friends, past, present, and future. We had uh, submitted by the by listeners of the show and friends many questions, and so we're just gonna riff off of those. I added some questions as well. And so we are going to start with the first one. And that is, and this is going to be a back and forth, totally unscripted. Uh, We did have one technical error in that I forgot my other microphone. So we only have one mic and we're going to be passing it back and forth. So you might hear some imperfections in the audio, but you can just deal with it. Um, And we know that you love us and you'll share this episode anyway, and it will have a positive impact. So Lisa, before we uh, get started with the questions, are you excited to be here again? I'm I'm very excited. Thank you for including me again. You're welcome. (laughs) So the first question is one that I wrote. It's a brilliant question. Right, right. What is going well? Do you mean... Uh, for me personally or in general? In general. Okay, what is going well? Um, Well, if I think back to where we were this time last year, I think uh, our mindsets are going really well. We've really made some good progress on this steep uphill climb of having a positive outlook and looking for opportunities to be abundantly generous and not have a scarcity mindset. What do you think are some of the reasons that have allowed us to have that mindset? What what have what have we done? What have you done? You know, I, I want this to be kind of an episode where we can give some some tips that that people can take action on themselves more than our story. I mean, we can 
talk about our story and stuff as as well. But I want if someone wants things to go differently, wants things to go well, wants to take action, what is the first thing they should do from your point of view? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is you have to make forward progress every day. Just little, little steps forward. Uh, and you know, every little opportunity you have to choose to have a different response and choose to make a different path for yourself or your family. That's I think where partly why we're here is we've had many opportunities this last year to stop and say, no, we're going to do something different. We're not going to just react. We're going to choose to respond in a way that we want and the way that we feel called to and gifted for. And we will actually talk more about gifts a little bit later in the show because that was actually a question that was submitted. This next question comes from our good friend, Eric, who moved from the arid desert of Arizona to the frozen tundra of Minnesota. (laughs) And he wanted to know two questions he actually has. Number one is, what is your favorite podcast besides the Impact Entrepreneur Show? And his second question is, who besides yourself has been your favorite guest on the Impact Entrepreneur Show? <laughs> um, I actually listen to several other podcasts. Um, they are mostly faith-based. Um, I will tell you the two that I have gotten the most from as a wife and a mother and a just a person in relationships are the Dr. Ray Garendi show. He's a family psychologist and has so many great things. Um, One thing I tell lots of people is he really teaches that you are a better parent than you think. And that as parents, we have so much capacity to form our children. And then the other show I really like is um, called More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchak. And they are also therapists, but they really focus on relationships and on loving people and wanting the best for them. And that often means not letting them be a doormat, not letting people just kind of walk all over you. And then I've recently just discovered Christopher West started a podcast. So I've been listening to a couple episodes of that, which is cool. And then my favorite guest, gosh, I don't know. There's been so many. I, I got to think about that for a minute because I'm not looking at them this last year or I don't know. I got, I got to think about that. Okay. So I have now shuffled around all of the questions. I wrote them all down on three by five cards and I want this to be totally random and off the cuff. So you go so ahead to pick a card? and pick any card, All right, any card. And then answer it for myself or ask, or me. ask me. You can do either. So all what's right. this one? So this is regarding marriage. This is from a friend um, who also posted, I gave Mike the question. What did you think would be significantly easier or harder in marriage? That's from Ross. Well, I'll tell you from kind of from the beginning. Significantly easier. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what from the beginning, I uh, I felt like we had all the building blocks for a great marriage and relationship. And um, that has proven to be true. We don't look the challenges we face and the conflict in our life is largely from outside of our marriage from other uh, outside family friends circumstances children external forces external things so that's been easier but harder in terms of marriage is 
the every single day dying to self, the every single day I'm going to do something that I know Mike would appreciate. I'm going to say yes to our children in a loving way. That's, you know, the the every day of it part of it. There are some people who are listening to the show that they hear that phrase dying to self and they're like, what, what, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. That is a kind of a faith-based phrase, if you will, about sacrifice. And so maybe you can unpack that a little bit and how we both do that for each other. What I mean by that is making a, a very intentional decision to do something that you don't feel like doing you know, quote unquote, feel like doing. And some, when you would rather lay in bed, it's getting up. And when you would rather just sit on the couch, it's doing something else. Uh, when you are, this has just happened tonight, when you would rather just go relax and sit down on the couch and watch a show, it's reading to your son who probably could be reading to himself. <laughs> but those kind of things, that's that's what I mean by die to self. It's like, the little things that, you know, you would have a different preference, but I'm making a choice. We make many choices throughout the day. What do you gain by doing that? Well, I'm making big deposits in our relationship and then with my children that I can then later take out when we have to have a difficult conversation or a difficult, we have to say no to something really hard with them. We've We've built up a lot of credibility with them. I want to answer this question as well. I want to say that I kind of want to reiterate what Lisa said about that we had the building blocks for a good marriage. And I want to share with you a little bit about how we did that and how we do it, how we have a good building blocks, how we do that part, not anything else. This is a G-rated show. Anyway, um, first of all, we both have good parents to to set examples um, for us. With very long-lasting marriages. With with very long-lasting marriages. Uh, Both our parents have been married over 40 years. Mm -hmm. Um, Ironically, they both have six kids, three boys, three girls. Um, So anyway, uh, we had those good examples. And, And their marriages weren't perfect. And I think that we saw that. And that also helped us understand that perfection is a myth and something that will never be achieved and that you know we will fall short of each other's ideals from time to time and the fastest way to uh to restoring peace is to ask for and give and receive forgiveness and and so we've done that in our marriage from the get-go even when we were dating and you know we had our own tumultuous relationship, which I believe we talked about back in episode 100. So you can go and listen to that and learn a little bit more about our origin story. But, and then we're very intentional. We, we communicate. One of the things that I do that is different from many men that I know is I communicate a lot, a lot. You might Mike talks a lot. Actually, I was kind of trying to formulate a question around that because that is something that I think um, many of my girlfriends are uh, wish that it was, came easier and more natural to their husbands. But Mike, I mean, 
he does podcasts. He's a good communicator, but no, he shares how he's feeling. He shares what he wants. Um, and he shares most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are times where I'm still anxious about sharing stuff with you, but I eventually do because I don't want to suffer alone. Like I'm a community member and a community builder. That's why I do CrossFit because if I'm going to do a hard thing, I might as well do it with other people. And and marriage is hard. And being a dad is hard. And being a almost 40-year-old man who craves deep and meaningful relationships with others when everybody is busy and and faced with the same challenges that I'm faced with, it's hard. And if you don't talk about it, you're going to be isolated and alone. So I seek out opportunities to talk about it. And you, fortunately, you seek me out and and you don't let me hide. And that's also a, a huge component. And, and that has been both easy and hard. Okay, next question. How do you maintain joy in the pursuit and struggle of life? Well, this largely comes down to, again, making a decision. Um, and I would say as a person of faith, I make a decision every day to bring myself into the presence of God, be an awareness of the presence of God and to choose joy. My sister-in-law, Katie has a hashtag she's been using all the time, a lot lately, the pursuit of joy. And what I see from her is postings about really everyday life things that she is choosing to find joy in. And so I think that is for for me, that's what it is. And then also every once in a while, you got to take a step back and look at what is bringing me joy and what is not. And we've been doing that a lot lately, really trying to let go of some things that do not bring us joy that we have done out of obligation or that we have felt we, you know, quote unquote, should do and not being free to be who we really are and to what really brings us joy. And that doesn't mean you avoid all suffering. And that doesn't mean you avoid anything, you know, uncomfortable, but making a real intentional decision to choose joy. Yeah. We've been Marie Kondoing our life uh, <laughs> over the last couple of years. We have been intentionally doing that. And, and this is something that's rel- relatively new to our awareness in the last few years, I mean, there would be times where we would be faced with the struggle. We would be up to our head in challenges, uh, whether it was the financial crisis ten years ago, or you know, be, four, four babies you know, with two in diapers. Yeah, four babies with two in diapers. I mean, we, all our kids are super close together. We would be up to our eyeballs in in struggle. But at the same time, surrounded by blessing. But then when we, when we would step outside of our door, we would put on this facade, right? We were like living an Instagram highlight reel. And then we would come back inside and we would wallow in our suffering. And, and part of that is because we did not realize we were, we were falling victim to the old mentality, the victim mentality that all of these things are happening to me, right? Or to us. And woe is me. But that is a choice. It, it's, it might be a default choice, but it still is a choice. And in the last few years, we've become conscious 
of the power that our choice has over our ability to face uncertainty, to face struggle, to face hardship, and to do it with joy. Because there is joy that can come from suffering. There is joy that can come from the challenge. And and we can learn from it, we can teach each other, and we can hold each other up along the way. Next topic. (laughs) Okay, next question. And looking at the past year, we did a lot of things well and things went well too. What can be done better as we move forward? I think we've already kind of been answering this, um, but I think we're just going to continue to move forward with only... Actually, well, this is kind of a new new topic. Uh, one thing we've been both doing is really assessing, discerning, seeking God's will in our life in every single area and and saying no. This is Mike, one of Mike's favorite phrases, saying no to good things so we can be available for great things. And some of the great things are kind of becoming clear, but a lot, I think a lot of them are still ahead of us. Um, and we're trying to live life in crescendo, as Stephen Covey says. So I think there's going to be a lot of things that are going to continue to go better, but partly because we've made some really hard choices to clear a path and clear an area for new great things that are to come. I think you did a satisfactory job with that question. <laughs> okay, here is a question that actually comes from my book, which is delayed at the moment in its release because of some people that we won't go there. Anyway, um, it's delayed. We put a speed bump, but we move forward and it's given us opportunity and it's all going to be amazing. It's just, you know, everything's working out according to how it should be. And the timing and release of the book is going to be perfect. And it still is the same book I wrote that's going to have the same tremendous impact. And this is a question that comes from that book from the reflection and response area to the to um, the gifts part. So why is having gifts and using them important to you, Lisa? Having gifts is something all of us, we all have gifts. We all have things inside of us that we were made and born to do. And if you don't use them, I think that equals the worst kind of suffering because you've the futility of life or the futility of your path. So I, I feel like um, when you know something that is one of your gifts and you know it brings you joy and that it serves others, then you almost, you, you, there's nothing to do but use it. And now it, it's a matter of to what degree or how well or how inefficiently, but still, you have to use your gifts. Do you think that, well, I mean, we know that people struggle with the belief that they don't have any gifts or that they don't know what their gifts are. So how would you, if you were sitting across the table from a friend or anyone that that you know, like, and love, and they're just communicating to you, gosh, I don't, I feel like I need to do this, but I don't really know how to articulate it. I don't know what my gifts are. What would you tell them to do? The first step is you need to make a lot of room and time for silence. Because in the classroom of silence, Matthew Kelly expression, is when uh, you will discern and know a lot of things. So you need to make room for silence first. And then you need to follow your, the little whisper inside of you 
the inkling, the nudge, the idea, and just follow it for a while. Follow it down the path a little bit and see where it leads. Um, I think a lot of people are have their lives so filled up, so, so crammed full of caring for others, doing nine to five in a job that, you know, pays pays the bills and a little more, but isn't exactly what they want, or are because of life circumstances just crammed full with caring for a sick family member or something like that. And anyways, in the middle of all that, still find time for silence and find time to listen to the little voice inside. The only thing I would add to that is I think silence is amazing. It's a miracle worker. One of the greatest things I've done personally in the last two years is spend a lot of time in silence, um, just praying and being vulnerable really with with God and just bearing my heart to him because he knows me better than I know myself, right? So who better to do that with? And and you know, whether you are a faithful Christian or or not, I think that being silent and bearing your soul to the creator of the universe is a powerful thing. Uh, and the other thing I would add is I think that you should mix that with doing really hard physical things because there is actual brain science around the fact that when you do hard things, when you are doing hard exercise or something that requires you to push yourself mentally to show yourself what you're physically capable of accomplishing, that opens up pathways for you to realize certain things about yourself that have been there all the time, but have been dormant. And there is a ton of science around this with Stephen Kotler, my good friend, Dr. Nick Hyde, who was on the show, and many, many others. And uh, you can just Google uh, brain science and doing hard things or something like that. And I'm sure you'll find a ton of peer-reviewed journals. Next question. Let's go to the bottom of the pile, though. We've we've spent okay. we that's those bottom cards are very, very feeling kind of lonely. So pick one from the bottom. <laughs> right. Oh, this one comes from Ryan, a good buddy from Chicago who just survived the polar polar vortex of 2019. He said, "Looking way ahead, what do you look forward to when the kids are grown and gone?" I want to start with this question. I want to start with the answer. What I look forward to is everything that we're currently doing and more. Yeah, 10x. (laughs) Because you don't, the number one mistake that we have seen people make that that are now empty nesters is that they didn't invest in their relationship during their you know, raising kids years or whatever the proper terms are. I don't know, the uh, the rearing years, the rearing phase. And so they spent so much time investing in their kids and not investing in themselves that by the time they are empty nesters, they don't even know who they're married to anymore. And so we are very intentional about our relationship, about spending time together about going on dates, about having conversations and, and growing together. And in particular, in the last couple of years, what are you, what's your take? I'm, well, I, I very much enjoy the ages that our children are right now. And actually that's side note to anyone who's listening who has really little kids still, it does get better. I promise you, it gets better. 
So our kid, it's really fun right now. But yes, we actually, we got a little taste of this last summer when we put all four kids into overnight away camps the same week. And we got five nights by ourselves. And actually it was kind of funny. I jam-packed every single second. I was so like stressed out about not maximizing all the time together (laughs) that um, I overdid it a little bit. And what ended up being the best time, and this is what I see us doing much in the most, more in the future is the most enjoyable evening we had that week was when we made a nice dinner, we opened a nice bottle of wine and we sat on our back patio by ourselves mm-hmm. and we just ate and then we just sat there and we talked and nobody was interrupting and nobody was asking for stuff and nobody was demanding to go to the grocery store or anything else. And so I'm um, really looking forward to that. And also we've we've had wonderful examples from our parents and other grandparents, aunts and uncles of being available to our children as old when they're older and helping, not taking over, not being primary caregiver, but being available. And what a really a blessing that is. I look forward to that too. One of the things that we do presently, and we got out of the habit of doing it, and we've just recently got back into the habit of doing it, is keeping a, a dream journal. And this is a journal that we both write in and we share our dreams there. We dreams. write it together, not we write it in, Yeah, we write it in it together. And it's big It's big dreams. It's small dreams. It's vacations. It's things for our kids. It's things it's a, we wish for other people. Things we wish for other people. Things we want to do for other people. Yeah. And it's, wonderful. it's a wonderful exercise to do that together and then to review it periodically, like once a year, and just go back and see how many dreams you accomplished how many dreams you got to remove from the list because they were no longer relevant or important to you and then together add new ones and that just really keeps you engaged in growing together and doing cool things and and recognizing that dreams do come true and and i think that that's a a great mistake that a lot of people make is they don't, they don't dream and one of our good friend kevin hall um, says, and I'm not sure if it's his saying or if he's quoting someone else, but it doesn't matter because it's true and we all rip off and duplicate each other all the time. Your dreams are free, so free your dreams. And just just do it. Like, Don't be afraid. Like, to, Why not write some big, outrageous thing on a page? What do you have to lose? Nothing. But instead, you have this image, this thing that happens in your subconscious and you're able to move forward to it. You actually begin to see things around you happening. And then when you go back and you review your dream journal a year or two years or three years, in our case, many years later, you will find yourself very surprised at how many of those dreams came to fruition. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the impact entrepreneur told you to call. 
Next question. What do you do to boost confidence when you find yourself lacking it? Um, okay, well, I um I I have not I've not struggled with confidence too much um in terms of being, you know, nervous to talk to people or public speaking or that kind of stuff. But actually I, w- I would turn this a little bit in that um a, a recent affirmation I've been starting to say to myself every day is I trust myself. So I think that has been a, a recent thing that's come up for me that I need to trust my intuition, trust my decisions, trust that when I have made a well thought out and well discerned decision that it is good. And so I then I have a lot of confidence in that because of that. So when I when I find I'm I'm lacking confidence, another thing I'll do is we we've done this together multiple times too, is look back on past decisions or past scenarios and said, Yeah, you know, that worked well. We did okay in that. We were a little unsure. We didn't know, but look at all these things that have happened for us. Um, and that always makes me feel confident. The other thing too is I would just speak as a person making an observation in your life, if that's okay. (laughs) Do I have permission? Yes. (laughs) I think that when I see you not feeling super confident, it's when you are trying to please someone else because they've made some sort of a demand or set some sort of an expectation that isn't aligned with your capabilities, your purpose, your vision, your calling. And naturally, you're going to feel uncomfortable with that. Like, And you may not even be able to articulate it. But this happens a, a lot, I think, in life, right? Is, is not, um, is allowing other people to project their, to put their armor on us, so to speak, and set expectations for us. And of course, we're not going to be able to perform our gifts and abilities wearing something that was created for someone else. It's a really powerful question to consider when you are feeling a lack of confidence to identify, okay, what is going on in my life right now where someone is is asking me to make a commitment that is not in alignment with who I am or what my values are or where I am going? If it's truly out of alignment and not part of your narrative, then you need to begin finding a way to move on and to restore your integrity so that you can be true to who you are created to be and give those people, the other people, space and the freedom to be who they were created to be. As one person that we know, that another person that you've not really talked to, but you're a fan of is Rhonda Rhonda Con- Conger. Conger. Uh, she's from Boise, Idaho, I believe, and she's a you know a very successful entrepreneur out there. But when when she has a saying that when people are are not part of your team, not on board with what you're doing, and and you feel they're not acting in congruence with who you're created to be, what does she say to say to them? See you later, sailor. There you go. Um, I would add just one more thing about that too. Something you've been saying a lot when I am lacking confidence in something. Anything I can do is better than nothing happening. So any anything I can do, and this is in particular when I'm like hosting something or planning something or or doing some kind of event. Anything that I can do to make it better or make it happen is better than the event or the 
thing not happening at all. So that's made me have a lot of confidence too. So, okay. Next question from Yvonne. This is a, a friend of mine from down the land down under, Yvonne. And she asks, how does faith guide your work? And how do you bring your faith into interaction with those of a different faith or no faith at all? What a beautiful question, Yvonne. Thank you so much for asking. We kind of live our life by six core values, and I refer to them as the six bridges to personal growth and well-being. In the book, I refer to them as the six caves, but they are faith, family, fitness, friends, finances, and fun. And so faith is the primary element there. And it is, there's a, there's a kind of a duality there. It's being, it's practicing our, our Catholic faith and living it and praying and having an active prayer life and, and beginning everything with, from a point of prayer. But it also is being faithful to the gifts and abilities that God has given us. We from the time that we are born, conceived even, we have in our possession all that we need to perform at a peak level in every area of life. And unfortunately, through circumstances, events, other people, we lose possession of that. And now is the time, and you get there by being silent and by doing hard things and and testing things, but now is the time to reclaim that and to allow the truth that exists within you to come up to the surface again. And so that you can perform your God-given gifts and abilities to their full potential. Now, as it relates to interacting with people of different faiths or no faith at all, the beautiful thing, and I read this in a book called Beginning to Pray, the The beautiful thing is that I believe in my core that God willed each and every one into existence and that each of us, as my friend Kevin says, are an unrepeatable miracle. And as a result of that, I desire, imperfectly by the way, because I'm human, but I desire for everyone to have the same things that, that I want. Does that make sense? I I desire for people to have a sense of fulfillment, to feel joy, to feel loved, to know and utilize their gifts, to know their worth, to understand that their value is timeless and that they're worthy. And that is the core element of beginning to master your story is believing that you are worthy of a why. This is a question from Phil. How do you balance working on helping others and doing what is best for the family? So this has been a um, long, long time of discernment and ongoing discernment for us. And I will say that the, the short answer to this is we err dramatically on the side of the family and are um, very protective of our schedule and our calendar and do not 
overschedule our children. So um, but we, but in terms of helping others, um, this really goes also still back to what do we feel called to? What do we feel? Where is the greatest impact of our gifts? And using our gifts helps other people. So that in, in that way, it's easy because we feel like whatever we're doing to help other people is using our gifts. And it also brings us joy. It's all wrapped up together. But um, we we do have to say no to some things. I think I, like I shared in the last time on the podcast, like our kids are not on any traveling sports teams. And we're just now kind of getting into like a club sports team. And that's been a very intentional decision for us, which has been hard because they've wanted to, but we've decided our family schedule and time at home and doing other things intentionally together was more important than that. You know, when we started doing all of these things, we've got, you know, our our Flynnwell Strategies business. We have where both Lisa and I work. We have the podcast. I had my book writing and we've got the book promotion and all of that stuff. And one question that we get a lot is how do you do all of these things? Well, we've had to be incredibly disciplined with our time because the reality is, is that we all have 168 hours every week. And what I did at the encouragement of my friend, Tony Grebmeyer, is I actually did an audit of how I was spending that time and where I was spending that time. And I found out and I discovered how much time I was wasting. And and I encourage you all to do it. And if and if you want a resource to do that, I created one. You can email me at info at theimpactentrepreneur.net and I will gladly email it to you. One thing I will say too, though, and that Lisa and I will do with our kids and you know, in the future as they get older, is that when we have to, when we choose to, because we don't have to do anything, but when we choose to make sacrifices in certain areas, we will include them in the vision of why that makes sense and why we're doing it because they are a member of this community called our family. And so when it's appropriate, we will include them in the conversation so that they can understand why we are doing things. And and fortunately, we are now getting at that age where we have a, a teenager and you know rapidly growing children that who have who understand things and and understand what we're doing and why we're doing it and are excited about it so we can include them in the vision but i think communication goes a long way in visibility of where you're spending your time and this question comes from our friend heather from idaho was there a moment or a series of events that helped you find your true passion so I'll answer for myself and then I think Mike, you'll answer differently. I don't have one true passion. So I would say there's definitely been a series of events, but um, I will tell you little things that I've become passionate about. Um, one of them is a event that I've been um, helping to plan for the last four years at our church um, in the fall. And it's like a carnival type event and it's all centered around the saints. And I absolutely love it. Um, and I love sharing the stories. I love bringing people together. I love gathering the resources, tr- you know, trying new games, but figuring out new activities. And I found that by always having an interest 
Um, going to it one year when my really dear friend Shannon was the leader of it and then uh, saying yes to a small thing to help the next year and then it just growing from there. So I feel like that was, there was a series of events that came in that way. But you know, then another thing that really is my passion is being a mother. And that um, I think is a, is a great example of when you are doing what you are meant to do, when you are on the path you know, things will flow and will be natural. And so for me, much of, you know, it's not easy, but it's it's natural and it is, it, it life flows and, you know, balance and nature and grace all flow when I get to be the best mother that I can be. We talk about some of our big events back in episode 100, but the the reality is, is that I don't think there's ever a moment. I think there definitely is a series of events, some big, some small, that bounce you around in life. And I refer to these as impact moments. And what I've come to learn over the last few years is that how we respond to those various impact moments will reveal what our passion is and what we are passionate about. And and the definition of passion that Kevin Hall shared with us in the great book, Aspire, is the willingness to suffer for something, the willingness to sacrifice. And when you look at things that way, when you look at all of the impact moments that you've had, big and small, throughout your life, and you reflect back on how you responded or reacted to them, there will be clues as to what you are passionate about. And there in your passion also might lie your gifts and probably do. One of the biggest and most confusing things about gifts that we experience today in this world is the is the fallacy that our gifts must be associated with the pursuit of status or achievement. I reject that. I think that if we surrender our gifts from being chained to the pursuit of status and achievement, we will truly come to know what our gifts really are and the power that they hold over our life and others. And and you can read more about that in my upcoming book coming soon to Amazon and bookstores and other places near you. Well, I think we answered all the questions, but you did have a request earlier for someone to top the embarrassing story that your dad shared about you. <laughs> Should I do that? I think the audience is saying yes. <laughs> did at our first episode, did I share the story about when we like my first memory of you at Camp Powell? For those of you just tuning in, Lisa and I have known each other since we were nine years old. And you may have shared that Camp Powell story. I think you did. So find some, you can go back and listen to that one. So pick a different one. I, I, I tend to embarrass myself. I am cheesy. My dad referred to me as a ladies man in my most recent episode with him. That is true. Lisa can attest to that. And I have, she's having a hard time picking Dude. just one embarrassing story. I don't know. I maybe share the story about when I came home from Australia and I was working at a really amazing store in the mall called Mr. Rags. So I'm going to school in San Francisco 
And Mike comes up to like do like a temp job at one of the stores in the mall and assistant general manager. Right. Yeah. Temp basically. And uh, he knows I'm there. So we, cause we don't, we knew each other from camp obviously growing up. So he comes to visit right on. I just got to give you a little bit of background about what Mr. Rags was all about. <laughs> okay. This was, it was a hip hop er- urban clothing store. Early two thousands. I mean, we're talking like hip hop gear mixed with rave stuff. By the way, I wasn't into any of those things. It was just a J-O-B and I needed money. So he comes to my dorm and me and my friend Angela go, we, you know, it's secure building. We had to go down to the lobby and, and meet him. And then we are walking up the stairs back to our room to hang out. And he's behind us on the stairs. And famous last words, he says, looking at us from behind, wow, do you girls work out? <laughs> She loves telling that story. Anyway, Lisa, round two has been a pleasure having you on and answering these questions together. Look forward to doing more together and continuing to have a positive impact in the lives of others, but most importantly, in the lives of our children. And I love you very much. Now say something nice about me. Um, I'm... Very proud of you, and thank you for bringing me along on the journey. Um, we we take each other along, but I feel very much like I'm on the journey with you, on the path with you. So I'm excited to see who's going to come meet us on the path in the future. Until next time, I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the Impact Entrepreneur Show. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions that came to mind, Again, feel free to email us at info at theimpactentrepreneur.net and we would be happy to answer your questions and uh, or chat with you about uh, how we've overcome things or face challenges and, and mindset and all of those things and any other resources that have positively impacted us. So we wish you a wonderful evening and bid you adieu. Thank you to this week's guest and thank you for listening. If you missed any of the key points and highlights from my conversation, we've got you covered over at theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash podcast for show notes to each and every episode. And while you are there, check out Flynn Wealth Strategies and Insurance Solutions. You can do that by visiting flynnwealthstrategies.com the Lot Marketing Group and the Podcast Masters. We could not do this show without them and with all of their support. Now, until next time, go make an impact. Impact.